to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, a weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am your wonderful and sultry-voiced host, hardcore gamer, Andrew, and with me as always is our experienced gamer who still can't quite figure it out or get it together is Keith. Hey. <laughs> And my wife and resident noob, Liz. Hey, yo. <laughs> I was giving you some that. extra sultry is what I was doing. I, I, now they can compare. I think that was more creepy than sultry. Uh, anyway, this week uh, was your pick, Keith. What did you uh, have us play this week? Vampire. <laughs> I like that you sounded like one as you said the title. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is a weird intro. Uh, <laughs> great. Hey, so, I, I don't know why you guys are laughing at me so much. Uh, all right, so yeah, we played uh, Vampire by uh, Don't Nod Studios, which is a pretty small studio. They've only done a couple games now. Uh, their bigger one, well, I wouldn't say bigger, but the one that they're most famous for now is uh, Life is Strange. Yeah, their first game that they made was Remember Me, but unfortunately that wasn't a very well-received game, so it didn't do too well in... Uh, the return in value. So yeah, they ended up doing Life is Strange, which I've always wanted to play, which actually is on the Game Pass collection, so I wouldn't be surprised if we play that sometime. But I hear that game is a very either love or hate game. But yeah, so we played Vampire, which is a really interesting story. It takes place in London in 1918. You play a doctor, Dr. Jonathan Reed, who ends up becoming a vampire. You are trying to figure out the whole cause of this virus epidemic and also trying to cure the Spanish flu that's going around and ravaging all of London. So you're this conflicting doctor where you're trying to save lives, but you also are trying to fight the urge to kill people and drink their blood. So it's a really interesting perspective, and I thought the game did a fantastic job with the environment. I thought it was really gorgeous. Like I thought they did a really good job with the whole atmosphere of the game. They did a really good job representing 1918 London. I thought it was really cool. What did you guys think of the story? I think the story was probably the best part of the game, as you already said, so I don't really need to reiterate. The The premise of it is actually just really cool to begin with. So I liked the idea of that going in. I like action RPGs. It's sort of my thing. I like building skill trees. I like playing around with new skills that I get. So I was definitely into that going into it as well, but... I agree with you that the overall artwork was nice, but I thought it was also a little bit bland. Everything, like there's four distinct areas and we can get into that, but that's my opinion at least on that. So, I don't know. I I did like it though as a whole. I think that it wasn't just like a generic vampire game. Like, I mean, there's so many bad vampire TV shows, books, movies, and I actually thought this one was really interesting and I, I thought the story wasn't too cheesy or um but they added like just enough things to make it different as for the art style i actually i agree with andrew i really liked it and i read that the art is inspired by an artist a painter named phil hale who is an american painter uh, currently living in england and it's really cool because he did some illustrations for stephen king and you can actually look him up and he has an instagram which is really cool like artists now have instagrams you can check out their work <laughs> i don't know why i thought that was fascinating but i really liked it i thought it was just eerie enough but that, without trying too hard yeah 
Uh, the environment in the story, I thought, was probably the best part of this game. I thought, yeah, they did a really good job with the 1918 London. And the story, I thought, was really interesting where, like Keith was saying, it's not just like this typical generic vampire kind of story. I really like this idea of a conflicting character where he's, even though he's a vampire, he still didn't give up being a doctor. Like, it's not like, oh, that's my old life is gone. Like, this is my new life. I'm a vampire. I'm just going to kill people. He was still very much in his old boots that he wanted to still be a human and save the people and save London. And I like that the characters are all kind of intertwined. Like, you find out, like, little love affairs. And all the characters are there for a reason. And all the characters are really interesting. And my favorite was Swansea. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Dr. Swansea. But I thought the characters made the story even better. Because, I mean, like, the main character, I liked his story. Obviously, he was the protagonist but I actually like the other characters a little bit better. So I agree and disagree with that, Liz, because I liked the main character, and as far as some of the other characters went, they either went from really good to just being a like a stand-in. Because there were some characters... So the whole premise of kind of how the game works is you can seduce like these people, and like if you level them... like If you do the side quest of the characters, the side characters, their blood quality gets better, which gives you experience points to level up your character faster. So you're basically kind of preparing your meals. You're trying to make these characters kind of have a better blood quality. You're trying to give them medicine if they're sick, and then you want to bring them to an alley and drink their blood. Or if you want to kind of play the game in a harder and try to go for achievement, you don't kill anybody. So there's definitely some characters there that are really designed for you to be okay killing because you're like oh this guy's a complete jerk like clay yeah yeah this guy just murders people like i should just kill him because he obviously doesn't care about other people so like some of the characters i thought were just clearly designed to be kind of stand-ins and easy kills for you to like not feel guilty about i know but for some reason i just found myself more interested in him investigating them i don't know why but when you're like trying to figure out what's wrong with them or you're trying to figure out a mystery, like I just I kept wanting to hear what they had to say. I didn't really care much about like what was going on with him. And I don't know why, but well, so I agree with you for the for I'd say I guess ninety percent of that, like really the majority of it. The only thing that I did find a little bit annoying about that and it wasn't in it because it wasn't really all that frequent but every so often and i think andrew you said this was sometimes the characters were a little flat and it would give you a hint like i i got a hint after going back and forth between i think it's what's her name pippa hawkins and then uh milton there and their little love affair and about three different times they said yeah i know you guys have a thing together and so i just don't i don't know why i needed to keep going back and forth between them but it was just a minor inconvenience. I mean, they were that's basically right next point. to each other. But yeah, as a whole, I'm I'm the same with you. Like I, I don't know how much further I have in the game. I I'm probably about halfway through with about twelve hours of gameplay at this point. Andrew, I think you beat it with if I saw. I think it was around seventeen hours. Yeah, I think it was about. But that. I don't. Th- I don't think I'm anywhere near beating it because you kind of you kind of chugged a little bit through it at a certain point where. I know I spent a lot of my first probably three hours not even fighting, not upgrading anything, just talking to everybody I could. So I kind of, it's one of those games I find myself wasting time just because I like to complete easy things is part of it. (laughs) I feel like I was like that too. And so when I was watching Andrew play, 
I was actually kind of envious that I didn't get as far. I didn't have like all the cool abilities that he did, which I mean, I used the tree and stuff, but I just didn't get as far. And so I started on the normal setting. I played that for a couple hours and then I went to the easy setting and played for longer. Um, so that was kind of why I didn't get as far too. But um, I think that like seeing Andrew progress so much kind of made me wish that I had gotten further. You just can't be as good as me. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fighting definitely gets a lot better. It's still never great. And, and maybe we can get into the list a little bit because Andrew, I know this is one of your bigger complaints. Um, the, the fighting itself isn't great in the game as a whole, which is a little disappointing for it being a action RPG, but I I thought it got to be really fun as, like you said, Liz, as you start to get skills, it becomes a little bit more chain work and at least more entertaining, if if not more of the same still. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, for me, that is my biggest complaint is I feel like the gameplay of this is the weakest aspect of this game. It was just kind of very generic. So for me as an achievement hunter, I was right away trying to go for the achievement of not killing anybody. Or I should say like not sucking the blood out of anybody because obviously you kill a bunch of vampire hunters. But by doing this, you only get XP from combat, which is very minimal. And then you get XP from helping some of the citizens. So I did not get a lot of experience points to kind of play with. So basically the skills I picked from the beginning of the game is like, well, that's it. I'm stuck with this skill unless I kind of reset everything. But for the most part, I was like, all right, I'm just going to kind of stick with this. But the skills for the most part weren't that diverse. You have kind of three types of uh, skills. You have physical, you have blood, and you have shadow. And every character you kind of see has a certain resistance to some of the things. So some characters are have a higher resistance to blood attacks but are weaker to shadow or... There's some characters that can take more damage from a ranged attack, but don't take any damage, like very little damage from melee. So you, I basically had my character set up where I had one of everything. So obviously you always have a melee attack and you always kind of have a gun at your side. But I, my main ability was always kind of a blood attack. And then my ultimate was a shadow attack. So I always had something to kind of counter the enemies. But for the most part, it was just very shallow. It was very rinse and repeat. As the game went on, you started to meet some new enemy types but there wasn't any real strategy about fighting them. It was still very much like, okay, now I'm going against a flamethrower guy. I just need to avoid his flamethrower. There wasn't anything like, oh, I need to wait till he runs out of fuel or maybe I can have him burn his allies. It was still just, oh, I need to watch out for this guy or I need to maybe take out the weaker guys first before I have to go after him. So I thought the combat was just very weak. And even too, you had, they first introduced like a stealth element kind of where they're like, oh, you can sneak up with enemies, stun them and get one bite on them. But your bite isn't that strong. Even when you upgrade it a good chunk, by the end it's like it barely hurts enemies. Which I thought was really disappointing. I thought it would be nice if you're stealthing up to somebody, it would do like a crit like a critical hit or something like that, but it doesn't. So I think this game would have been fantastic if it was an open world game. Because your character has an ability where he can kind of teleport, but it's very scripted as to where you can teleport. So if this game was like an open world game, I think very much like of I don't think you ever played the game, Keith, but Dishonored, where you have this ability where you can actually teleport on roofs, and like that's it was a stealth action game too, and you could stealth, you could instantly teleport to a behind an enemy and like take them out. And I think this game would have been fantastic if it had that kind of stealth element to it. If I was able to teleport on top of the roof to maybe sneak past this group of vampire hunters or pick off some of the vampire hunters before I go in and fight the boss there, but unfortunately, it's 
the city is just various alleys and lanes, and there's no way to avoid fights unless you just run past them. But well, so I started to do that towards the end, to be honest. Yeah, me too. It was getting a little bit tedious with fights. And to your point, you don't get a lot of XP. It's not really all that worth it. So I, I was still trying to spend a little bit of time with the storyline, especially the cutscenes. I, I pretty much would always watch those. But aside from that, I was largely skipping through the side dialogue because I didn't feel like it added as much to the story that was going on. I um, definitely agree with the teleporting because that was the biggest thing that I wanted in this game. I just, especially if you have like this tiny thing that you need to like jump over and it's like, I can teleport, but I can't get over this box. Like, yeah, there's no jumping. Yeah. And that, that was really frustrating. And then I didn't understand with the character, like you, you put on nice clothes, so you look human, but when you're walking around, like everyone just fires at you. They know that you're a vampire. In some parts, people just say, oh, get out of here, get out of here. And they don't shoot you or anything, but there are parts where they just they know you're a vampire. And I don't really understand that. Yeah, from a mile away, they instantly know you're a vampire and just start attacking you. Even though you're dressed normal and they haven't seen you, like it wasn't after I attacked somebody or anything. So that was something that was really frustrating that you couldn't really move about the city because I felt like every time you turned a corner, there was another annoying human that was shooting you, and then you also had the vampires. Are you guys? And I think you too, Andrew. Are you guys talking about like the the Prywin Guard or whatever they were called? Because I think those were more just like, almost like, not a police force, because obviously they were like anti-vampire or whatever, but they were, they were like a, just a group that was always out at night. So they would give you the opportunity to be like, hey, citizen, go away. But as soon as you approached them and attacked them, because you, you know, swipe them with your blood attack or whatever, they'd go, oh, it's a leech. No, that didn't happen with me, because especially by the hospital, that's when they would say like, oh, get away from here, like, and things like that. But the second that I, I crossed the bridge, even from, like, a mile away, like, they were yelling that I was a leech and it started shooting at me before I even went close to them. They weren't yelling, like, get away. So I felt like it was right after I I took the bridge. Yeah. No, I like the same way with, like, Liz. Because it's not like you have the option of, like, oh, if I just walk like a human, they'll think I'm a human and ignore me. They always were just, as soon as you got close enough, they instantly were like, he's a vampire, let's kill him. But when you look at your character, like, he looks a little off, but he doesn't yeah. look like... The sewer guy. Yeah, he doesn't look like, oh, I can instantly tell I can instantly tell that's a vampire. With, like, some of the people who are professional vampire hunters, like, up close instantly, like, know you're a vampire because obviously it's their job. But a lot of the people you're finding in the streets are supposed to be rookies and, like, fresh recruits, but they somehow know you're a vampire. Yeah, the zombies don't talk. They, like, they make noises like the the zombies from 28 Days Later. Like For for me, like I know, that's what kind of really confused me because this guy can talk and say, I'm a doctor. Or he, he could lie and be like, oh, I'm visiting a patient. But the vampires that are running around attacking are making weird noises and not speaking. So that's like a huge distinction right there. Well, right. But there, so there is a difference though. And there's... And- there's one that's when I think one of the interesting things about the game is the vampire term is used very loosely it, you're you're like a series of immortals is what they start to classify it as where you have the scals who they are they're mindless they even say it's it's another word for slave so they're they're like zombies basically but they feed on blood and flesh instead of brains or well I guess zombies kind of feed on flesh too but <laughs> then you have what you are you're an econ which is it's that kind of human-like vampire, if you will. And I th- think, if I remember correctly, I know they 
Volcott is one they talk about. I think that's what the Fergal guy is, that giant guy in the sewers. So yeah. there's there's different levels of eternal, and yes, you they all feed the same way, and they kind of have a similar thing. They're they're very different. So that's why you're not like the guy in the sewer, at least I guess, or again that you have those the scowls and everything like that. Yeah, which the ones that are running around the street attacking people and causing the uproar, those are the ones that can't really speak or that are just like bumbling around attacking people. Because I think all the other vampires are smarter. Yeah. Well, there's even like a whole side storyline with that, though, too, where there's kind of like a higher tier of scouts where some of them actually can speak and use their mind a little bit. But it's... It's a whole thing about, they talk about basically like the lineage of vampires, if you will. So that's one of the things that about the storyline I thought was really cool. I thought they built, and I don't know enough about vampires, maybe this is all real vampire stuff, but I thought they built just kind of a cool universe around them that made it more interesting. Like, I, I wish they dove more into like the whole vampire lore and the society of it, because they always kind of reference it and how there is this club, the Ascalon Club of these high-ranking gentlemen like vampires that kind of rule all the women vampires and like the scale like because they're the underlings you know which i also thought was interesting because since it's 1918 yeah they of course like there's no women suffraging so all the women are seen as like underclass even in like the vampire society but i i didn't think they dove enough into the whole kind of society of it because yeah like you were saying keith like there's another type of vampire the vulgar which are kind of like these giants that are like all gray but they don't really fully explain too much of them and i think it would have been cool if they dove more into the side society of the whole vampires and everything like that and the hierarchy of it wait i have a question so they didn't go into like the women's suffrage part they do a little bit like you see some women like on the streets trying to fight for it but the vampire society does not allow women vampires into their club which is crazy because i've felt like earlier in the story they had an interracial couple which 1918 they had a homosexual couple yeah but they were hiding no no well kind of i mean they weren't talking about it with him well you're that's because you hypnotized him oh i forgot about that yeah and i was gonna say and i think that's more kind of a, a sign of just the game makers in 2019 saying you know this like because back then a lot of those things happened it's just they weren't well known so because they had to be hidden. So I think that's the game makers just kind of opening up and saying, like, trying to put you in a real, real world experience, I guess. But it's weird, so I, too, I, that the main character, because it is 1918, he was very compassionate towards them, too. Yeah. Because I feel like if it was, a, a like, a real guy in 1918 that's turned into a vampire, and like, I don't think he would be as okay. Yeah, the one open-minded guy that you... Yeah, yeah 1918, someone tells you that how, they're how gay. Com- it's a, like, it's... I don't think it would go over... As well as it's portrayed, but I mean, kudos to the game though for including oh, yeah. all this stuff. But, but I think, and yeah, and I think that's what the whole thing been. That's one of the great things about video games is they can make something that it's well, the story might not have otherwise gone this way. They can they can make it exist, and I don't know. I think make it a little more realistic. So I think that's always kind of cool. What did you want to ask? Uh, well, because I wasn't sure if it was just me, but with the gameplay and like and moving around, I thought it was kind of clunky. 
Like the way like when you turn your character and stuff, because sometimes he kind of like almost fully bent over and it looked super dorky. But it didn't happen very often. But I just like I thought the movements were a little clunky, and I wasn't sure if it was just me. It it wasn't like it's not really a critique because it didn't bother me at all. But just something I noticed that like if I moved like really fast, it looked like off. Yeah, the game absolutely had some frame rate issues here and there. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't horrendous. It wasn't game breaking by any means, but it was there and it, and it was definitely noticeable. Yeah, I noticed to be a little clunky too, especially when you're trying to dodge everything. I ended up getting stuck on like the one random barrel, and I couldn't like easily get past it or navigate past it, and I would end up dying because I got get pinned against the stupid barrel. And like you said, there's no jump, so. <laughs> It will, and the camera would like pan weird, and then you just have like a black screen, and yeah. you can hear yourself getting attacked. But one thing I wanted to mention, though, because I just think it's kind of interesting, and I think you already, had, you were the one who initially mentioned it to me. I just happened to look it up a little bit after. Is when you talk about you wish you got a little bit more of the storyline, the background, and the lore behind some of these different vampires. I believe they're in talks of, unless it already got shut down, about making a TV show about this. Which, Which I, I saw that, that too. Would be really cool. They were talking about yeah. it in August, and I th- I actually think that it would almost make a better show. I think it would too. Because actually, because there was just so much going on that they could have explored, and I think it would be I think it would be really good if it if it was a show. Yeah, because for me, I feel like a show of this would be really cool because I feel like it would be a mixture of like Underworld, uh, a mixture of The Alienist. Um, mixture of maybe like Sherlock Holmes because you have obviously a lot of like you're doing a lot of investigations so I think a TV show of this would be actually really good and it would be a better show than a game which is weird and like I said before with you know the current state of vampire TV shows and movies I mean it's primarily garbage I mean you have like CW stuff you have I mean even how dare you Twilight's awesome you have Twilight <laughs> I don't want to get any like anybody mad at me, but yeah, we get the Twilight because I. Well, you like Twilight? <laughs> no. I thought you watched the first two. Oh, because my friends wanted to go to the movies, <laughs> and I always let my friends pick, but it, it was awful. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. But um, like like I said, sorry. <laughs> um, but growing up, like I loved the book Dracula. There's been some horrible Dracula movies. I just think it's time for a Dracula TV show or movie to come out that is amazing. Yeah, that's right. You're a huge Dracula fan. Yeah. You have like five, six copies of that book because you love to keep buying other copies to find the different errors. No, I don't. It. No, not to find the errors. Every time I buy a copy of Dracula, I find an error and it bothers me. That's all I want is like the perfect Dracula book. But I also saw like the, the movie with Gary Oldman and even that and like Keanu Reeves, all-star cast. I still like... For me, like the book was just a thousand times better. I'm like, there, there has to be something in television that can come out that is going to be good. And I think this might be it. It definitely has a good base. So you mentioned it, and this is where it got me hooked, Andrew, is Underworld. That's something I'm all about. Because let me tell you, Underworld is amazing. Which I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I've seen the first two. I I think the movies are just okay. They're like a maybe a decent popcorn flick, but that's it. But yeah, because like in that one, it's all about vampires and werewolves, which kind of a sidebar, they're slightly werewolves in this game but they never really talk about it you i thought they the were like random werewolves but they don't talk about it i thought they were like mutant vampires but they looked like werewolves of. yeah I don't know. it was weird yeah they never did explain that but it it did give me that underworld feel no underworld is amazing because first of all i'm just i'm gonna make this quick but kate beckinsale 
<laughs> gorgeous. Just gorgeous. So we start with that. Yeah, but that storyline in that in those movies have kind of been done a lot though. Like I feel like they could what? this would be more unique. You said you didn't see him. I've heard of it. No, so I'm gonna give you a, a thirty second synopsis of, <laughs> of all of the movies. Vampires, werewolves, eternal fight, yada yada yada. Then they try to create a werewolf vampire hybrid, which is awesome. He's got wings, but he's like a vampire. He's taking out trucks. Incredible movie. And <laughs> then How finally they just take down. He <laughs> falls in love with Kate Beckinsale and what you know everything's good by the end wings? of it. So. So that sounds like Twilight synopsis. to me. No, it's not Twilight <laughs> because it's awesome because it's got Kate Beckinsale. Instead of and like them the sparkling wings, like, is what I'm getting cool. from this. <laughs> no, the werewolves are cool in that movie. I gotta watch this movie now because I'm probably like eating, like, gonna eat my own words. Like, watch it be like an amazing movie. But I feel like you would love it. For Keith is reason. not making me. <laughs> <laughs> Want to watch it though? Yeah, I like how you described those hybrids as attacking trucks. Did they not? Did they not suck blood? They suck oil. No, there's just a whole big fight scene that happens on a truck, and that's like the best thing I can remember. Because like <laughs> he gets thrown off of it, and he like drag like one of his wings gets ripped off on the ground, but then he regrows it because he's just like well, he shouldn't super have them anyway. Eternal guy. He's awesome. Right, Pretty sure his name's Michael. I don't know why I remember that. Watch so Underworld. Like, to go back to what we were talking about before, <laughs> with with gameplay and stuff, what did you guys think about the choice aspect? Because I was kind of floored when I found out there was four endings, and I was so excited to see which one Andrew would get. But did you guys... I mean, I almost like felt kind of like hindered by it, but I, I kind of liked that it was there. I really liked the choice aspect. Like, so for me, I'm a big fan of uh, the Telltale games. Which is all just story driven, but how you're playing the story is how like the game is going, and I felt like this game is very much like it. So there's a couple like key points where you actually have to decide: Are you gonna kill this person? Are you gonna like let them go? Or are you gonna maybe like do something else, like either turn into a vampire or try to charm them? Like there's always like this kind of third option that's a little bit different, and it completely kind of changes the world a little bit on how you're doing this. So there's four districts, and each one has people in it, like I was saying that you could drink their blood to get extra XP, but you also want to keep their health up. And if you're ignoring them and you're going to sleep and not giving people medicine, the district will get more sick. And as it gets more sick, there's more enemies you'll have to fight or some of the NPCs will die. So you have to do this kind of balancing act. And whenever you do these big choices, it'll drastically change the districts themselves. So it could end up collapsing the district and the district could fall into chaos in which you no longer have like kind of safe areas and just everywhere you go is just constant bad guys that you have to fight. So what you pick is also how you're determining your ending too, which as Liz said, there's four different endings. There's like a really good, then there's like a neutral good and like a neutral bad and like a really bad. So I thought the choice aspects of it, I thought was really cool because some of them were really conflicting where I'm like, ah, I really want to be good with this group, but this guy that I'm trying to save is just a racist old fart that I don't want to actually live anymore. So I thought that he did a good job with it. Good job with it. Yeah, I'm almost like too impulsive. Like with Clay, like I really wanted. Well, the first time that I played, I did um, I did kill him. And the second time when I put it on easy, I let him live. But then hearing him talk more and more, it's like, wow, this is not a good guy. I still want to kill him. So I just like the impulsive part of me was like, oh, I like I feel like that's how I felt like hindered, but 
I thought I overall I thought it was really good myself. I think the only thing that kind of bothered me, as far as there being four endings, I think that's awesome. But when you're talking about a game that's almost a twenty-hour game to begin with, you have to really want to commit to to find out what those endings. And it just ends up being a thing that it's like, hmm, I'll just look up the endings online and play it through once, which it's fine and well that you can do that. But I'd rather have it reasonably done to get all the endings, I guess. That's kind of my one complaint about it. No, I agree with that. Minor one, but it's there. No, I fully agree with that, because like, when I always think about multiple endings, the game I always think about is Mass Effect, because depending on what ending you were kind of supposed to get with that game, you were supposed to play all three games, but that ended up like kind of falling through and didn't pan out to like what they were saying. But yeah, I felt like the same way, where it's like, well, I'm not going to play all three of these games to get a different ending, so it's just like, yeah, just look, up, look them up on YouTube. Yeah, I, and the other thing was, is it kind of, the, the choice interactions would kind of sneak up on you, so if you weren't paying full attention to the dialogue, next thing you know, it's like three kind of vague responses, and you just go, I don't know. Like, a way to go back and look at the last response would have been nice. Like I, So, I, here's my thing. I, I think it's overall... and. And we can get into this a little more. But as far as the gameplay, I think it's really good as a whole. It just is missing a lot of quality of life things. You already mentioned the lack in a quality fast travel. Boy, I would have loved to a lot of times. Um, it could have used things like a little mini-map down in the bottom right corner. Yeah. You've got a little compass up top that you can go off, and that's all fine and well, but not very helpful. I think I've got others. Yeah, Give no. me time, I'll get there. But those are the, those are at least two of my big ones for sure. No, I, I definitely agree with you because, yeah, that was frustrating with some of the choice dialogue where it you have no idea what they just said. So you're kind of like, crap, what am I picking? Like, what question did you just ask me? Because if you miss some of the dialogues, you could end up missing a clue on one of the NPCs and therefore you can never get them at, like, the max blood quality. So you kind of end up shooting <coughs> yourself in the foot unless you're fully paying attention to all the dialogue. So I, I agree that, yeah, I just think this game could have used just a little more quality of life. Because, yeah, just if they gave you ability to fast travel, it would have been really nice. Because you already have the ability to kind of teleport up small ledges. So it's like, oh, why couldn't you have give me the ability to teleport across town to another district? Well, I know you said that, too, actually, when we were playing the other day. was, And you already have said it even here, as far as it being a little more open world. Is the fact that you have that ability to travel in such a cool way give me more things to explore it felt like it was still all just very linear a little bit more of a sandbox would have been nice yeah but granted it's it, this is kind of a small studio this is like their one of their earlier projects so they obviously probably didn't have the resources for it well actually for what it's worth just one thing i did see i don't know if you guys saw this too they sold over a million copies on vampire oh. and the studio that they partnered with which was like focus entertainment i believe yeah. uh signed them on to actually do another game so they at least did well enough on this game to to kind of secure themselves another game so up and coming maybe we'll see yeah which i think a sequel could be really good for this game because also too since you're an immortal creature they kind of have like free reign as to what time you could be in so you yeah, could be like I mean, in the 1940s near world war ii or yeah, you could maybe be even the 2000s, modern age. No, I think it'd be interesting. But my favorite character probably wouldn't be in it because I, I looked ahead because like I've, I've said this before, 
every time there's a character that I really like, they die. And in this one, you have like one option to like turn him, but otherwise he dies. So he wouldn't be in the second one. And it's just like, I don't understand why every video game that I like, if a character dies, it's always my favorite. Unless they have the choices you do in the first one carry to the second one like Mass Effect did. But, that would be cool. But I think that would be too difficult. But yeah, I just like, oh, so disappointing. But yeah, I think it would be cool if they would like have a way where like some of the choices you did in the first one would carry over to the second one. But I think it would be difficult because, yeah, there's like some investigations you can do to like learn more about the characters. And I think it would be cool if like some of the things you learn could end up carrying to a second game. But I noticed with like some of the investigations, though, I thought it was kind of cool. There's a lot of like really cool Easter eggs with this game. I know you were the one who pointed out, Liz, but like one of the investigations, well, you found a couple of them that were named after books. No, they are movies. Oh, movies. So the first one, um, it's a book that was later turned into a movie, but it was called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And then in that same section, because I ended up looking them up because it was at the Pembroke Hospital. So there was like five investigations that were listed. And three of them that I noticed were all movie titles. Two of the movies I hadn't seen, but they're famous enough that that I noticed them. And I wasn't sure if it was just like, a coincidence although midnight in the garden of good and evil i mean i feel like that's like a weird one to come up with on your by yourself you know especially because i can see how it can relate to the book but the other two um the heart of the fall and burn after reading i'd never seen but i just thought it was kind of weird but i didn't really notice any others yeah i mean i found some easter eggs there like uh your love interest lady ashbury in her house you find a book a copy of dracula signed by bram stroker bam Bram Stoker by Bram Stoker. (laughs) (laughs) I actually said it right this time. Liz just keeps laughing at me because I couldn't say the name for the longest time. But yeah, so I thought it was nice that they actually have like, once again, an homage to Dracula there. And which I also found another Dracula one. But I because I I Googled Easter eggs because I like reading about them too with like the games we played and someone said i didn't notice the name but um ashbury's patient was in renfield which is a character in dracula as well but i couldn't actually talk to the patient at the point that i was at at the game to confirm it but renfield is a character in the dracula novel well i can take that even one step further then if especially if we stick with the dracula theme the voice actor for Jonathan Reed, the main character, Anthony Howell, he starred for three episodes, not a main character, but in the television show Dracula. So, three levels of Dracula. Super meta. Yeah, and then another Easter egg I found, there's an achievement called Unlife is Strange, which at first I was like, oh, I think that's supposed to be like a nod to Life is Strange, because it actually didn't dawn on me that this is the same studio that made that game. But yeah, so they did an, um, an achievement named after their other game. Life is Strange. Yeah, there's actually quite a few references to Life is Strange, actually. Um, <clears throat> I know one in particular that I saw was the fact that there's a, a store you see around town called Caulfields, which I believe is the last name of the main character in Life is Strange, Max Caulfield. Oh. Uh, there's, see, there is, there's seems to be a little bit of argument on the web, though, because there's also this one I, I kind of, ignore it because I don't think it's that important but it was the same last name as someone who plays a character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer so maybe there's something there but I'd like to think more than anything they're probably alluding to their own game that would just be my guess 
Either way, they're alluding to something, which is yeah. it's still cool. That's what I like I about mean, this game. I mean, she was a more minor character on Buffy. So I feel yeah, like so I think that one was a little more of a stretch. Yeah, that's my guess. But it, it's still, like you said, it's it's really cool that they put these things throughout the game that they don't shove it in your face for one. It doesn't matter if you find it or not. But yeah, just a little bit of homage to their their own their own work. It's cool. But it's hard when like it's a new game and you can't look them all up because I love doing that. Yeah, well, like I said, Easter eggs, at least I'm not as concerned if I can or can't find them online. If I can't find my way past a certain boss or something like that that's a little bit different yeah and then there was a another achievement for a game that they have nothing to do with but i thought it was interesting but when you fully upgrade a weapon to level five the achievement's called solid metal gear which obviously is an homage to metal gear solid so i thought that was actually kind of interesting so i thought it was just kind of nice all these different things that were sprinkled in for easter eggs yeah because some of them you could find in the achievements some you found in the game but speaking of the achievements though overall i thought the achievements were pretty easy you get a good hefty amount of them by just playing the game. There's a couple you kind of go out of your way a little bit. Uh, you can kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you don't pay attention to it. So for me, I at least looked up that there's an achievement to not kill any of the NPCs. So I went out of my way to do that. And I can tell you, it makes the game very difficult. By the end, I was really hurting for just my skill level. Because everyone was basically hitting me, killing me in one hit. And I would have to just really work on just trying to take down the most basic enemies. But overall, I thought the achievements worked pretty well. A lot of them, yeah, you'll get on your own, like healing 10 citizens, um, just upgrading a weapon, and then a lot of them are just story progression missions or achievements. So overall, if, if you're achievement hunter, I think this is a decent game to pad your score. But if you plan on 100%ing this game, you're going to have to at least play this game twice, which unfortunately I don't think I will because, yeah, as Keys was saying, it took me about 17 hours. But yeah, there's an achievement to try to make everyone kill everyone, and then there's yeah, the achievement to not kill everyone. So you got to kind of work your way if you really want 100% this game. Well, I guess maybe you could knock it down to about 12 hours if you do the achievement where you kill everyone. That's true. I guess you don't have to finish so, so, the game. You can just quickly kind of kill everyone pretty early. Well, I oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was just figuring at that point you'd have so much XP that you'd be able to take on whatever you wanted. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you though. I. I, this wasn't a game I wasn't really digging for achievements on. So Yeah, so Keith, since this was your pick, do you want to kind of tell us, you know, overall, what did you think of this game? What was your kind of pros and cons of it? So I think overall, I I like the game. I really do. I think it's I think it's a well-written game. I think it's, it's decent as far as the gameplay. It's nothing that's going to wow you with some new... Uh, feature or style that you just go yeah I've never done this but as a whole it's something that I really enjoyed my time playing I intend to finish it for sure Uh, and and I think as we talked about I would definitely play uh, either a sequel or I would even wonder if they might do just add-ons like DLC for it that just might be easier but either way I, I would play more of it if you gave it to me and I would definitely binge watch it all day long if you put it on Netflix. So give me that. Um, I guess if you want to score, though, I think I'd, I think maybe somewhere between like a 65 and a 70, I, I'd say. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I put that a little bit lower? See, for me, I, I agree. I think the environment of this game I thought was really good. They did a fantastic job. It was a 1918 London. They did a fantastic job with kind of this ominous, eerie environment. The music I thought in the game was fantastic. It had this, like, the nice deep cello kind of music, some nice violins to it. So it, it did a really good job with the nice, eerie, vampire kind of atmosphere with the game. 
So I thought the story was really good. I thought some of the characters were a little flat, but overall the story I thought was engaging. I really liked the choices you could make that would completely kind of affect the districts that you're trying to help. I really liked the main character. I thought it was really interesting how, yeah, you're this vampire and you're struggling with the Hippocratic Oath of trying to do no harm, but you're also a vampire and you need to suck blood. So I really liked the environment, but the combat I thought just was very tedious. The bosses were, some of the bosses were very frustrating. And I, by the end, I was just done with the combat. And I just, I really wanted to see where the story was going, but the combat was just making it a little bit difficult for me. So overall, as a score, for as a hardcore gamer, I would kind of give it a 75. I, I enjoyed the story, but yeah, that, that combat was kind of rough. I think I would probably rate it closer to Andrew's, probably around like 75. Um, I, my favorite part of the game was the investigation aspect. I love mysteries. I love like figuring things out. The cityscape, like I just thought the artistry was amazing. The music fit, it was really good. But I don't know if I would want to keep playing it. Uh, it was something that I enjoyed watching Andrew play. And I sometimes I'm like this with games. Like I enjoy watching Andrew play, but I don't necessarily want to play it myself. Like he said, if they make it a show, I'm definitely going to watch it. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to pick up the, the game again. But I do think it, it's worth like getting into it. So yeah, I'd say probably around like a... I'm going to go 73. And I do also think that as a noob, I should mention that it is a bit harder to kind of tackle, especially like the combat, like switching weapons. I don't know why I struggled with that so much. I just felt like... And also like leveling up, I wasn't really sure where I should put my XP and I mean you figure it out along the way but I don't think it's very it's not the easiest game to get involved in if you're if you're newer to video games so right now on the Microsoft store for a friend who doesn't have game pass uh, full retail for this game is $60 would you guys recommend this for a friend what type of friend would you recommend this for if they don't have game pass and would you be willing to pay that amount of money so I guess so no not really um I think 30 to 40 is a pretty fair price for this game if you're buying it off without game pass um I think if, for me I would say if you've got game pass and you're looking for something in this style of play and you are looking for maybe more of an interesting storyline than you are gameplay I'd say it's definitely worth checking out but I also, I don't know how much I would say I would recommend it. But I would speak highly of it if someone asked me, is where I, w- I would probably lay on it. Yeah, for me, as a hardcore gamer, I'd probably recommend about $40. Like, I really like the game. I thought it is fun. As a Game Pass, I would, I would recommend downloading it. For me, the best way I can kind of describe it is I felt like this game is a little bit like a poor man's Witcher. So, I mean, if you like that kind of game and you like, if you really like The Witcher, like, I, I love The Witcher series. Uh, I played all those games and I thought they were really good. So, for me, this felt a little bit like The Witcher, but just with more vampires. So, overall, yeah, I'd say about 40 bucks. I would probably pay for it. I would probably say around 30 if I was recommending it to someone. But for me, especially, like, I know people who are just getting into gaming like myself and I think it's a bit tricky I remember like asking Andrews like I do not understand how you switch weapons and um with like the the ability tree where you have to pick where you want to put your xp I was kind of a little unsure where I should put the stuff and I, th- I just thought it was a, a bit more challenging for me and I also just like I said before I didn't really want to 
keep playing it so i mean for someone who's more experienced i would um i would definitely recommend like 30 dollars. i mean i do recommend it to everyone if they do have game pass but i just i wouldn't recommend it to like a noob if they were going to pay for it yeah actually it just you made this point and i don't know if i other than you just making it right now just a quick thing was that it's it doesn't do a lot of a good job of explaining a lot of things so from an accessibility standpoint even from my perspective like i could figure things out but there was plenty of times i was even asking andrew like how the heck changing a weapon that was something i couldn't figure out so we're on that same level there liz if that yeah makes you feel better i guess and the easy and me- uh easy and normal isn't that different or at least the part that i played because i put in i think like two or three hours into um into normal i think it was like three hours and I, I really didn't see that much of a difference except for the combat was a bit easier maybe that's where the that you should have played the andrew playthrough of do it on easy mode and and just save everyone's life then <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be an easy way to get the achievement all right well there you have it so overall we're, we're a little bit mixed with this game i mean overall i think we kind of enjoyed the story of it but we all kind of a bit of a different experience with it but yeah so overall i, th- I think you should definitely check this game out though but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, if you enjoy listening, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast because we are on all the things, on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a rating on Spotify. Maybe write us a little review. That would help us get some nice exposure. Uh, did we miss anything? Did we get anything horribly wrong? Let us know. You can find us at Twitter at Pod. Uh, we're at Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag, or you can send us an email if you want to talk to us directly at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. I have been your host, Andrew, the Hardcore Gamer. Uh, you can follow me on Xbox at Firebird01844, where I will be streaming on Mixer with the same name. I normally stream the games we're playing. I also will sometimes stream Apex Legends or The Division. Those are the other two games I kind of play in my spare time. Uh, you can also find follow me on Twitter at anmilton01952, um, where I kind of just will tweet a little bit of whether or not I'm streaming or not. Keith, where can people find you? Oh, hey. Yeah. Uh, I've been Keith, like you mentioned. Uh, I am also on Xbox, of course, and my gamer tag is a little fluffy. Uh, I, I've seen a few likes out on some of my captures on people I don't recognize, so if it's any of you listening, leave a comment, too. Say hey, what's up? Um, but I also stream on Mixer under same name. You can find me on Twitter as well, Keith Lynch one two one. Yeah, Liz, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm Liz the Noob. My gamer tag is Come On I'm Dean. I don't stream, but you guys should watch these guys because they're amazing at Apex. And you can follow me on Twitter at Liz the Noob with an E W for Noob. And I just post stupid stuff, so yeah. So cat pictures. <laughs> yeah, so if you're following us on Twitter, just just say hi. We always like when uh, we someone come by and say hi. But yeah, that'll do it for us. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys again next week. Bye.